Guten Morgen, buongiorno, good morning. How are you all today? Thank you for coming here to Love, Joy, and Languages, a podcast about loving languages and finding joy in learning them. My name is Heidi, and I'm the woman behind the show. Before I begin, a quick reminder for you all. This is episode 57, which means the season finale is Alle Porte, and I need your input. I end each season with a celebration episode of your all's language learning wins. So I need you all to start thinking about and sharing your own wins with me. Everyone is welcome to participate, whether you've shared before or not. Even if this is the first episode you've ever listened to, your language success matters. And I love being able to create a space to shout it out to our community of like-minded language lovers. You can reach me through a direct message on Instagram at love.joyandlanguages or on X, previously known as Twitter, at lovejoy underscore lang. And those are both in the show notes for you. So send me a message by Tuesday, October 24th with your proudest achievement and we will celebrate you in the season finale. Now, the theme for the day is multitasking versus monotasking. It's something I've wanted to talk about for a while because I'm working toward reducing the chaos that is my life, and monotasking has been an incredibly valuable tool in this process so far. The thing is, like many others, I've had a mindset for years, decades really, that multitasking is like a superpower because productivity is so important. But as I get older with more and more responsibilities or more and more things I'm juggling, both in general and on a daily basis, I've come to realize that multitasking often drives me crazy because there's just too much going on and I can't properly focus on what I'm doing. I make more mistakes and have to go back and redo things. And it seriously drains my physical and mental energy. So then it puts me on edge. I think a lot of adults are collectively realizing that we're doing too much, our anxiety is increasing, we're burned out on everything, and for the hundredth time, we can't remember why we walked into the kitchen. Multitasking has its place in life and in language learning. It has a valuable intersection with habit stacking, for example, where we try to add a good habit into our lives by combining it with something else we already do, a really popular routine building method for many language learners. So for me, multitasking is something I'm trying to become more aware of, noticing when I'm multitasking, which is usually obvious in my level of frustration, and then if it makes sense, I do a quick risk-benefit analysis to decide if I'd be better off monotasking instead. And I do mean quick. This is like a one-second thought that goes through my head, but it's based on all the experience I have multitasking versus monotasking. No matter what multiple tasks I'm doing, there's always a risk of quick energy reduction, overwhelm, overstimulation, forgetting what I'm doing, making mistakes, and lower quality results. Sometimes those risks are worth the benefits of, let's say, listening to a German podcast while I take my evening walk. I may forget where I'm walking, but I can find my way back. I may lose focus on the podcast when I see a cute animal or stop to enjoy the view of nature, but I can rewind and re-listen. But the risks aren't acceptable when I'm trying to get my kids out the door for school in the morning. If I multitask in the morning, then I'll spend a lot of time running around wondering what I'm doing. I'll forget a kid's lunch or walk out the house without brushing my own teeth or something, and I'll definitely feel overwhelmed, which inevitably leads to yelling or anxiety and just an all-around chaotic vibe for the day. 
Before I go any further, I want to make sure I'm clear on the point that I'm not saying today that multitasking is bad and you should never do it. And I'm not saying that monotasking everything will make your language learning smooth and effortless. This episode will be more of an acknowledgement of the multitude of ways multitasking shows up in my language life, how it affects my learning, and give a few thoughtful tips that have been working for me lately for deciding to multi or monotask when it comes to languages. So hopefully this gives you some space to think about your own multitasking in your language life and then help us figure out what we can do to work that risk-benefit analysis. And to better explain things, I've grouped these multitasking areas into three sections. Life management multitasking, language life multitasking, and activity multitasking. These are name designations I just came up with myself, but I hope they help make what I want to say a bit clearer. And I'm going to tie all of these into languages because the ways in which we multitask within each of these categories affect our language progress. So the first category is life management multitasking. So I think of this as our big life picture. It's everything that we're managing in any phase of our lives. The definition of multitasking is basically doing more than one thing at the same time, right? But time is always relative. And so for me, it's been really helpful to consider multitasking on a broader time scale, like a few weeks or a couple of months. This month, October 2023, things I'm managing are Italian B2 exam prep, German progress trying to work toward a solid intermediate level, this podcast, my job outside the home, and there are several projects and administrative things I manage there, kids' schedules, including a few extracurricular activities, school meetings, doctor's appointments, and planning a birthday party, my physical health and that of my kids, learning how to calm my mind and body, being more present in my daily activities, all the relationships I have with friends and family, my husband, my kids, and within those big picture things I'm managing this month are also just the day-to-day -day things, the chores, the school papers to sign, logistically getting everyone where they need to be, preparing meals and eating. Life is busy. Even when it's slow, it can be busy in the sense of having multiple things to manage and be responsible for in some given time frame. And I absolutely consider the management of all of these things as a form of multitasking because they all have to happen in the same space of time and they all take from the same sources of time, energy, and headspace. I can focus only on planning and executing my Italian exam studies. That would be mono-management, but then I would probably get fired from my job and my family would starve. Managing all the things in the same time span is multitasking. And I think we can all agree that the more things we manage, you know, the more balls we juggle, the more likely we are to let one fall or to crumble ourselves from stress and overwhelm. So multitasking the management of all the life things from languages to jobs to school and friends and family and health and hobbies, that's one way in which multitasking affects our language lives. And within this life management multitasking of all the things is mental multitasking, thinking about all the things. This is all the stuff that's on my mind, and it includes all the language things I give thought to every day and all the other life things that I mentioned before. 
I need to make that dental appointment, sign my kids' school papers, go for a walk while the weather is still nice. How long has it been since I called my mom? Crap, I forgot to take the bio bin down to the curb. And it comes tomorrow. Working out, podcasting, parenting, working, finances, family, retirement plans, vacation plans. I mean, you all get this. But mental multitasking affects my language learning by one, using much of my thinking power on non-language things, a necessity, but something that's there and should be acknowledged, and two, by seeping into and overlapping with my actual language time. If I'm watching a show in Italian, it's common for five minutes to pass before I realize I'm not present in the show. I have no idea what's going on, not because of the language, but because I was mentally planning out my next day or mulling over a conversation I'm anxious about having. If I'm studying German grammar, I may be physically doing the exercises and even getting them right, but it's normal for me to simultaneously be thinking about what to make for dinner. So then the next day when I sit down to work on the grammar, I only have vague memories of doing it the day before. I'm not fully mentally present in the activities, which means it takes a lot more time and effort to remember and utilize the things I've exercised. And just like having to do and manage multiple things in a given time span, the more things we have to think about in some phase of our lives, the more each of those things will be affected, whether in our ability to focus, our motivation, the quality of the activities performed, stress, and so on. So the biggest picture of multitasking is what I call life management multitasking. And it includes the actual doing of multiple activities or having multiple focus areas that require our time and energy in some larger span of time. And it includes mental multitasking. Having so many things to juggle means having all of those things to think about within some span of time. Drilling down a bit deeper, let's move on to language life multitasking. And this category is similar to life management multitasking, but specifically for language things. So you might be able to guess that the first language life multitasking thing that we need to consider on our language journey is learning multiple languages at the same time. Just like having multiple focal areas in our lives in general, the more languages we take on, the more difficult it can become to monotask or focus on a single language in that the time we can devote to each language is reduced and our progress is usually slower. Hear me loud and clear, I'm not advocating for learning one language at a time or for learning many at a time. It is most important that we each do what we want, desire, need, and enjoy. But it is also important to acknowledge the multitasking of multiple languages to understand how it impacts our progress in each language. When we talk risk-benefit, I could have an entire episode just on the risks and benefits of learning multiple languages at a time. In fact, I'll just go ahead and store that topic away for season four. But learning or studying multiple languages at a time is definitely one way in which many language learners, including me, multitask in our language lives. And it's valuable to consider the risks and benefits in order to shape a joyful language life that works for your goals, preferences, and life situation. Digging a little more specifically within each of those languages is the second way we multitask in our language lives, which is with the four pillars of language, reading, writing, listening, and speaking. I think this one doesn't require much more explanation, 
But unless we're learning a language for the main purpose of reading in it or listening to it, which are totally valid reasons to learn a language, but most of us are also trying to balance these four pillars within our language studies. Or maybe more generally, we're focused on input and output. Now, the thing about these is that improving one area can absolutely help in other areas. So focusing on one at a time doesn't mean you aren't simultaneously improving another. And this is one of those benefits of multitasking these pillars. I find that reading especially greatly improves all other areas for me because seeing the words and pondering over them at my own pace helps my brain recognize them when listening and remember them when producing the language. But still, focusing on more than one of these skills within a broader period of time is a form of multitasking that affects how quickly and effectively we progress in any one skill. They're all vying for our time and attention along our journey. Similarly, another area of language life in which I find multitasking is with resources. Within each of our languages, and maybe even for each skill within each language, we probably all have multiple resources we use to learn and access the language. And if you have a history of wanting all the resources, like I do, then you may be prone to multitasking those resources within some generic time frame. Sometimes literally at the same time, but often, again, within a phase of your language journey. I find this especially true for myself at the beginning of a language. It's really hard for me to commit to one program or app or book because I always wonder in the back of my mind if I'm missing out on something. So I'll often commit myself to two or three or more beginner resources, all of which I want to work through. Having multiple resources that are the same level and cover basically the same material is one way I've caught myself multitasking in a language, and it can definitely lead to slower progress, especially if we're focused on working through each activity in each resource, instead of on letting our language progress determine how and when we use each of them. When it comes down to the big picture of our language lives, anything that's vying for our time, energy, and attention can be included in what we consider as language life multitasking. And then there are the very specific activities that we try doing at the same time. This is the third and final category I came up with for multitasking. And I think it's what most of us probably think about when we hear the word multitasking, activity multitasking. For languages, this is doing a language activity in the same moment as any other activity. Listening to a German podcast while driving, reading an Italian book while working out on the stationary bike, working a language app while having my morning coffee, for example. Again, I'm not advocating for or against any of these things. It can be incredibly valuable to stack language learning activities with other things we do in order to make them routine or habit and also to make use of the limited time we have each day. I drink my coffee first thing in the morning seven days a week, so if I want to add some new app to my daily routine, doing it while drinking my coffee, something that's already a habit, is one technique for getting the thing done. But it is still multitasking, and it doesn't happen without positive and negative consequences. And those consequences will also be dependent on our mood and energy on any given day. Maybe today I can easily listen to and focus on a German podcast while driving home from work. But if I don't sleep well tonight, then tomorrow's drive home from work will already be higher risk due to my lower energy. And multitasking with a podcast would be too dangerous for safe driving. 
Working that language app while having my morning coffee has a very low safety risk factor, maybe just a risk of spilling hot coffee on myself or something. But again, if I don't sleep well or just wake up without a lot of energy, then I may not get much out of the app session. The consequence may be that I make silly mistakes or don't process what I'm trying to learn, which can lead to frustration or other negative feelings. And in the end, sipping my coffee while doing nothing except silently meditating could hold a higher benefit for my overall day and my language learning. So the outcome of the whole risk-benefit thing of multitasking versus monotasking can change from day to day or even hour to hour. Naturally, after talking about multitasking language activities with other activities, I have to talk about multitasking language activities with one another. So this is the last way I find myself multitasking in my language life. I generally find this way of multitasking to be beneficial, but there are definitely times when one task overwhelms the other or distracts from the other. So an example of multitasking language activities is reading transcripts while simultaneously listening to a podcast. These two activities together can improve the effectiveness of the whole input experience, so that's where the benefit part lies. And it can also reduce the effectiveness. Let's say if I'm trying to improve my listening skills, but my reading comprehension is much higher than my listening, which is almost always true for me, then one risk for me is that I'll tune out the words I hear in favor of the words I read, which defeats the purpose of listening. So those are all the ways in which I multitask that also affect my languages in some way. I'll list them out again real quick. Under life management multitasking are all the major things we're focusing on at any phase in our lives. And also the mental multitasking, thinking about managing all of those things. In the category of language life multitasking are learning multiple languages at a time, focusing on more than one of the four pillars, reading, writing, listening, and speaking at the same time, and having or focusing on multiple resources within a certain time span. And finally, in activity multitasking are doing language activities while doing other activities and also doing more than one language activity at the same time. But why does any of this matter? What's the value in pointing out the ways in which we multitask? Well, like I said in the beginning of this episode, I've been working on calming my life in general, calming my overall internal anger and frustration, creating a more peaceful life around me, and multitasking is something that keeps coming up over and over as a chaos trigger for me. More often than not, when I multitask, be it in the bigger picture of this phase of my life or specifically doing more than one activity at the same time, I quickly make mistakes. The quality of my work decreases, I feel frustrated, I forget what I'm doing, and I'm more easily distracted. Because I'm not doing my best work, I start to self-sabotage. I'm more likely to sink into all-or-nothing thinking. And even if it doesn't get that negative, I'm good at multitasking. I mean, I'm a mom, so I kind of sort of have to be at least capable of multitasking. But even if it doesn't have really negative consequences, it still prevents me from being mindfully present in the moment. And that's part of the risk-benefit analysis because being mindfully present can help us improve a lot of things in our lives, including our languages. So let's say you've listened this far and are interested in discovering more about how multitasking affects you and your languages. 
Let's say you know that multitasking has quite the negative impact on your languages, whether you find it hard to study because you're just juggling so many life things, or maybe your progress is slower than you want because you're learning multiple languages or always oscillating between focusing on input and focusing on output, or maybe your language activities are just always paired with some other activity, even if the other activity is just thinking about other things. Whatever it is, maybe you're out there saying, yeah, I'd like to try and simplify things, but it literally isn't possible to monotask my life. All the things do need my attention. I do want both or all of these languages. I have to have it stack in order to get things done. That's okay. I still have some thoughts for you to consider. If you do believe that you could benefit from more monotasking, if you feel like multitasking is the foundation of a bit of chaos or stress in your life, then the first thing you can do is exactly what I've done here today. Be aware of how and when you're multitasking. That's always the beginning of change, just noticing it without judgment or pressure to do anything. From that point, there are many things we can do to work some monotasking into our language lives. First is to just choose one thing to monotask. Instead of trying to do a complete overhaul of how you operate, just choose one language activity that you can commit to always doing solo. It can be an app or a book you read, watching TV or studying in a grammar book, anything. When you work to monotask this thing, make sure you're in a place that supports monotasking. Recognize what you usually multitask it with and remove that thing so that you aren't tempted into your normal habits. Clear your desk or table or whatever it is and work there. If you always fold laundry while watching TV in your target language, fold the laundry first so it's out of the way and off your mind. Then you're set for being mindfully present in the TV show. And that's a great example for another tip, which is to give in to distractions. Now, I haven't even explained the overlap between multitasking and getting distracted. That's for another day. But if you're used to multitasking all the time, then monotasking will be really difficult in the beginning. You're going to face feelings of needing to do more, inability to relax, and not feeling productive enough. And that leaves a wide open space for other things to come in and distract you, other thoughts or activities that will be begging to be tasked at the same time. If you give in to the distractions first, take care of them so they're off your mind, already done, then that can be really helpful for creating a monotasking environment. Emily Richardson has a really, really great episode of the Language Confidence Project that I'll link in the show notes where she talks about eliminating the minor irritations in your life or surroundings so that you can focus better in your studies. We often try to fight the annoyances or distractions. We force ourselves to focus on the task at hand, but then there's this ticking in the backs of our brains trying to focus us on the other thing. So giving into the distraction can actually get it off our minds faster. If I'm trying to focus on a TV show in Italian, but I can't stop fretting over the dusty TV screen, getting up to dust it off will take much less time and energy than trying to ignore it. Or maybe right now is your study time, but you can't get some email you need to write off your mind. You keep thinking about what you want to say, and it's just ticking over and over. Go write the email. Maybe don't hit send yet, but get your main points out and save it so that it's off your mind. 
Likewise, just writing things down can really help support monotasking and mindfulness during whatever tasks you're doing. So just writing the thing down in a notebook I have for just writing notes gets it off my mind and onto the paper where I'm guaranteed to find it later. I also do this at night a lot with the notes app in my phone. I make a list of things I need to do the next day, what breakfast or school snacks the kids want. I even make note of basic things sometimes like brush teeth and put keys in purse because if it's a busy morning where I know multitasking is likely to happen, I'm bound to forget something unless I've made a note to do it. So taking a moment to write down the thoughts in my head will allow me to come back to the TV show or the grammar book or app with a calmer, more peaceful, and more focused mind. Something else I've been doing to try and reduce multitasking is to set a specific time for multitasking. This works in the same way as choosing a single activity to focus on monotasking. Again, it can be really difficult to go from constant multitasking to trying to focus on one thing at a time. So maybe start with just five minutes or even less. For five minutes, I'm going to do only this language app or only flashcards or only reading an article in your target language. When other tasks or thoughts come to your attention, because they will, either write them down to address after the five minutes are up or just acknowledge them and let them pass. Go back to your single focused task. So choosing a single activity or a specific amount of time in which to monotask, giving in to distractions, or doing quote other activities first in preparation for monotasking time, and writing down things that come to mind so that you can focus your attention on them later are all things that have been working for me in reducing the craziness that multitasking can cause. And they're just the beginning. If five minutes of monotasking listening to a podcast is working really well for you, then 10 minutes will eventually feel easy. If you find yourself really getting into that TV show when you aren't simultaneously folding laundry, then monotasking the TV show will eventually start to feel like the norm, and multitasking will feel unnecessary and undesirable. Now, the last thing I want to mention in all of this is that risk-benefit analysis I've mentioned several times. Maybe this is something that you need to really sit down and think about, or maybe the weight of the risks versus the benefits will be immediately apparent to you. And this is, again, likely to change from day to day. But taking a second to consider the positive consequences of multitasking against the negative consequences can help make the decision for you. If you know you're tired and cranky or stressed and have a lot on your mind, then maybe multitasking a podcast while on a walk isn't worth it. Maybe that will overstimulate you, as I talked about in episode 50 this season, and you need to protect your nervous system from the stressor of added noise or thinking. So the risk-benefit analysis in these times, which can come in the form of simply asking yourself, what do I need right now? This can make it very obvious to you that you need to monotask that walk, for example. Other times, risk-benefit may be much bigger or broader and require questions like, how would taking on a new language affect my current languages? Or how will the quality of my language listening comprehension be affected if I do it while cleaning up after dinner, for example? Maybe you decide it'll be decreased because you usually use cleaning up time to think about what you need to do to prepare for the next day. So adding in a podcast won't be very beneficial to the language, too much risk of getting distracted by other thoughts. 
Or maybe it'll be really beneficial because you don't get any listening time throughout the rest of the day and you have specific music in your target language that relaxes you or gives you energy. It brings you joy to listen to and sing and dance while you clean up. Whatever tasks and focal points you have in your life and your language life, it's really useful to try asking yourself if you'd be better off doing one thing at a time or focusing on fewer things or if multitasking is a good way for you to just get the thing done. And have the flexibility to know that the answer to these questions won't be the same from day to day. The key is to create the language life that works best for you in the moment you're working. Be mindfully present in the language task, accepting or not accepting the risks of adding more or doing more, and deciding what is right for you and your goals, your time, your energy, your desires. Those are the things that are going to advance you forward. Whether you multitask or monotask, that's up to you in the moment. But being aware of how each of these things affects your language progress and how you feel about your languages, that's really a great tool to keep by your side. I'm signing off for this week. There are only three episodes left this season. One will be a solo episode. Another will be with a special surprise guest co-host. I'm so excited to share the mic with this person. It'll be so much fun. And finally, the season finale that's all about celebrating your language learning wins. So share a recent win you've had in your language and add it to the growing list of others who have already shared with me their exciting achievements. It's going to be a fantastic finale. Have a wonderful week, you all. And until next time, ciao.